Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. So it's been forever since we actually recorded. Yeah. What has it been like? Two weeks? Three weeks? Has it been three? Yeah, it's been three weeks. Hmm. Has it? Or just two? I feel like I've only missed two sessions. The last one we recorded was the week before Christmas. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you listen to the uh, last episode? Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't finish. I got... I got a little more than halfway. Did you uh so you didn't hear Akeem's ending? I didn't, but I saw his little promo on his uh Instagram story. Um that nigga sent me forty eight minutes. Oh my god. He wanna be a host so bad. I started to just like let him let have him it. do the whole thing. But the way he ended the way he ended I didn't leave it in there, but it's the cra- I'm gonna have to let you listen to it. It's the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Of course, I don't expect anything different from. A- and he also told us that uh, our sex lives sound dry. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> uh, totally. <laughs> this is true, but I mean, there's a purpose behind it. But he was like, uh, he needs us to get freaky deaky in the new year. Hey, I'm claiming it. And then he also said that by the middle of the year, we should have to have unscheduled uh, visits to the clinic. Oh, my God. So, yeah. No. <laughs> and that was the tame part. That's the part I left in. Mm-mm, I'm not trying to have no 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 visits to no clinics. Um, So, a lot's happened since, since we recorded. Mm-hmm. First off, uh, how have you been considering? Um, I think this is the first like funeral that I've been to with my family where I was actually close to the person that passed and like close to the rest of the family. So it was really different. Um, very emotional. My sister did not handle it well. It's just like, like it doesn't feel real. And that's what my mom kept saying. She's just like, it just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel real. Funerals are just weird. But <clears throat> it's kind of hard, like, grieving and still having responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything not stopping when you do it is always weird. Like, my anxiety levels have been so high because I've been like trying to make sure I can still do everyday shit but then at the same time I've also been just like bailing on a lot of shit because I'm just like I just can't I mean that's natural um but But I feel like I'm getting like back to normal so went back to work on Saturday so yeah um 
like when I was my granddad died, I didn't stop anything. So I just kept going. And that that made it a little bit difficult. When Chaz died, I, I worked two, three months straight. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. That wasn't healthy either. So it's always healthy to have some time and reflect and do everything. But I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the uh, session was not the same without me. It's weird. Last like, week. <laughs> like, it's weird because... I had to cut out a lot of the stuff Spy Guy said too. Spy Guy's <laughs> crazy as hell. But um it's I was weird. wondering how that was gonna go. It's weird because like me and him's like you like what's the best way? Like you you know your friends that you really don't have to say much, but you got, like you guys mm-hmm, are just like mm-hmm. that's how it was, so it's hard record uh, editing it because the stuff that I was laughing at, I'm laughing at because it's him. Yeah. So and it doesn't translate. But he wasn't really saying anything. Right. Like you just could feel his. I knew what he was his saying. Energy and his yeah. Yeah. So it's not always <clears throat> the best audio session. <laughs> but he's that dude's crazy. It wasn't bad. That's the most I've ever heard Spy Guy talk. That's what somebody else still said. Didn't even talk a whole whole lot. But I was like, damn, Spy Guy is out here talking. It t- <laughs> Like it took him forever to get used to. Uh, he didn't want to listen on with headphones at first. What he, he didn't want to hear himself. Yeah, and so like before I start recording, I had recorded for like fifteen minutes. Him just getting used to. That's the other part of it's different. Like we're used to talking to each other mm-hmm. off mic and mm-hmm. on the mic. Mm-hmm. So our conversations are a little bit more fluid. That dude, it took forever. Bless his heart. But he came through in the clutch, so. <laughs> and then Akeem sent me that. Uh, he had to edit that down. I think he said he had over 48 minutes originally. Damn. I asked him, is he ready to start podcasting? He might as well, because he clearly has a lot to talk about all the time. I mean, I'll, I won't edit his. I'll just let him say some of the crazy things he be saying. <laughs> but... Couldn't play some of that on here. It's whole oh, man. We always gotta edit Akeem. <laughs> like the thing that makes him so funny is you never know what he's gonna say. But the thing that makes him so scary, as far as <laughs> doing this, is you never know what he's gonna say. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, we are able to have guests now through like uh, through phone. Oh yeah, like remote remotely. Yeah. Cause I have a in that bag. I have a cord that uh, I can hook up here and plug directly into here. Oh, that's lit. Yeah. So I'm so gonna play with it. Um, we don't have to put our phone numbers out here. Speaking of which, <laughs> I have a Google number that okay. we have that we don't have to put our phone numbers out here. That works. And anybody that wants to call in can do it. But let me play with that. That should be available next week. That's pretty dope. So yeah, we are here moving. Hey. Um. Like I said, it's a lot going on. Yeah, um, it's a new year. New year, first off. Um. Well, it was a new year last week, but it's, <laughs> it's new for me. <laughs> I guess this is the start of our second season, more or less. Thirty-five episodes last season. Okay. Okay. 
makes more sense, I guess. But, uh, yeah. So, how was your new year? New year was good. It was chill. I mean, it wasn't like we still got lit. But, um, who be calling me? These damn people calling me about the warranty on my vehicle. Anyway, um, we went to Casey's house and pretty much just like turned up at her house and we were all kind of I feel like this was the year where everybody was okay with just like not going out right <laughs> almost everybody that was asking me like what I was doing or if I was asking them what they were doing everyone was like I don't really know like probably just stay in like it was one of those years where everybody just kind of wanted to just chill and I don't know if that's because we're getting older or the what weather. have you the weather it was kind of kind of chilly that night it was rainy and rainy yeah um but we stayed at casey's we had drinks um listen to music and then maybe like right after 11 we all were just like well you know if we want to go downtown we could you know go and be out and toast for midnight at <laughs> least and then you know come back and that's literally what we did like we ubered to downtown got downtown at like eleven forty-five. Damn. Had the happy new year shit and then got back in an Uber and went back to her house. So um I don't great know. opening, great close. <laughs> Literally, but New Year's is just like a weird time to be out because everybody just has that mindset, especially like the younger people. They just have that mindset that they just want to get fucked up as possible. Yes. So um those kind of nights, like that night. St. Patrick's Day is another night where people do that shit. Um, what is another like huge bar night that people just feel like they gotta get fucked? Halloween. Up? Halloween. Yes, like those. I think are three of the major like nights of the year where people are just balls to the wall, get lit for no reason. So it was a lot going on in the the, the fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes we were there. So I'm glad we didn't stay. Um. Christmas and Thanksgiving are usually like the, the days before because everybody's in town. So yeah. everybody is turning up at their hometown uh, bar, meeting up with their high school friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, uh, on Christmas Eve, we did the thing at Thirsty Turtle. We did. Christmas Eve, damn. I have so much to like <laughs> go over. Christmas Eve was weird for me, man. Yeah. <clears throat> that was that was when we found out that my granddad was like on a rapid decline and so that morning like normally we get up and like me and my sister we cook with with our mom and get everything prepared and we were getting ready to do that but then my mom got a phone call from my cousin saying that my granddad was just doing really really bad and she probably need to go ahead and go so her and my dad pretty much left like immediately like, I don't even know if she even packed. I think she just threw some shit in the bag and, and got out the door. Right. Um, they left immediately that morning. Like, it wasn't even noon. It had to be, like, 1030, I think. So, they left. Um, so, I was just at home by myself Christmas Eve. All the food was set out. And I was like, I am not about to cook all this food by myself. So, I made a couple things. And I think I took a depression nap. <laughs> I was like, man, this sucks. This is overwhelming. Yeah, and then for it to be the day that we had our our get together, I was like, ugh, I just need to take a nap, you know, get this out of my system and get up and get ready. 
So took a nap, got up, get ready, got to the turtle, which is where we had our, our little social. And I got there maybe like 10 after and literally no one was there. Like you had already told me you were running behind, which was fine, but no one else was there. And I was like, Oh, no one cares. <laughs> like I was in one of those depressed moods. Like, Oh, great. <laughs> no one's going to come. And then Quentin showed up and then people just started trickling in It actually turned out to be like a lot more people than I thought it would. Yeah. So thanks to everybody. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was talking to Quentin and uh, Cody walked in and uh, I introduced him to Quentin and then Daniel was making his rounds and I introduced him to Quentin and he started talking with the accent. Like, cause anybody that's listening that doesn't know Daniel's Cody's husband, but he's from England. <laughs> so he has a very uh, Newcastle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Newcastle accent. And so uh, Daniel walked off and Quentin looked at me. He was like, he didn't go to Buckhorn, did he? (laughs) (laughs) And I was just dying Uh, laughing. No, he did not. Like, it was a lot of craziness happening all at once. Like, yeah, Cody and Daniel's craziness. Terrell and his craziness. What the fuck were y'all talking about? We got to talk about that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like when I was thinking of topics that come up with my guy, I wanted to be like, I don't know if we heard enough of the conversation. Y'all didn't. Th- Y'all didn't. That shit was wild as fuck. We ended up talking about motherfucking vagina smells. <laughs> Which and I've talked to Terrell about this before. Like his thing has always been like, Oh, like my bitch vagina gotta smell like water and shit. And I was just like, That's not what vaginas smell like <laughs> just on a regular daily basis sir and he's like no no like that shit that shit don't need to have no kind of nothing at all and i'm just like you do realize that vaginas are self-cleaning like i feel like his his perspective on this type of shit is so immature sometimes but i was like vaginas are self-cleaning there's plenty of OBGYNs that have said that all vaginas have a smell but it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad smell. Now, if it smells bad, that's one thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a hygiene thing. <laughs> but I just feel like for people, for one, it's the fuck. It's your genitals are gonna smell like something at the end of the day. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> nobody just smells like water in that area. Now, all the damn time. If y'all are listening, imagine being in a crowded bar and two of <laughs> and your friends are yelling this <laughs> but across then from each other. Cody and Daniel are chiming in, who are two gay men <laughs> trying to understand. <laughs> what that shit was wild as fuck. And then that shit got even crazier. And then it was just like, wow, this is really happening. And then I was like, so this is what every week would have been like if Terrell had been on the podcast. It was just a legit, like, weird ass. And it was just like argument. It was I was at the end of the table and then I saw I'm hearing this like all the way across the table and I'm just thinking, What the fuck? Uh yeah. Don't let Terrell fool y'all. Vaginas smell, but not they don't it doesn't have to be bad. I like it's it's weird to say that without people being like mm. <laughs> But it's just true. Like I just somebody's dropping in their car right now. <laughs> 
just like, what the fuck? But I told him, I was like, if you, nigga, like, don't act like at the end of the day, you pull your fucking briefs down and you don't got to wash up too. Like, come on now. Like, we're adults. We're adults. <laughs> let's be realistic. We have, we have hormones and pheromones and shit just goes down. Like, let's, yeah. let's just be realistic out here. Stop having these Instagram fucking philosophies about what people should do and look and smell and shit. Yeah. Hip hop has destroyed a lot of things. <laughs> this is all Plaza's fault. <laughs> if Plaza had ever said he wanted pussy to smell like water, we would nobody not. would. I had never heard that before. Me neither. <laughs> I was a whole 18, 19 years old before I was like, really? These are just unfair expectations, I think. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> I want to tell you about it. Let me tell you, I've been gone, gone so long. Just want to sing, sing my song. I do want to talk about like tired ass New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Did you have a New Year's resolution? I stopped making resolutions a couple years ago probably a, a way more than a couple years ago but sometimes i feel like new year's resolutions can be a little unhealthy like also I, I feel like a lot of people start putting a whole lot on a new year and granted i understand like why you know what i'm saying like it's it's the top of everything you get to have a new mindset or whatever if you want to and change whatever you want but I feel like a lot of people try to put like too many resolutions into one year and then if they don't live up to it then it's like you got to end the year on a depressed note and I feel like that's part of a lot of uh, seasonal depression is Mm -hmm. is starting the year off being overly ambitious now there's one thing to be ambitious but it's another thing to be realistic about your ambitions and I feel like a lot of people just go in like I'm going to be super fit this year. I'm going to save all this money. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to finally get married. I'm claiming that I'm going to do this. And I'm, and it's like, come on, like you have to also think about what you have going right now. That's going to set you up for these things that you're wanting to happen. So if you, if you know, you're not in a relationship, why would, (laughs) why would you expect to be married by fucking like May or June? You know what I'm saying? Like be realistic, (laughs) be realistic. Um, you ain't bet the nigga yet right like good grief so I feel like crazy new year's resolutions can set you up for crazy depression at the end of the year and I feel like it's it's already pretty normal for most people to have seasonal affective disorder Mm -hmm. um, come holiday time and we could cut back on some of that that emotion and, and crazy sadness if we were just pacing ourselves instead of having 50,000 goals to start on January 1st, period. I feel you. That's usually how I look at things. Lately, though, I've been trying to, uh, I guess, I'll start. My resolution is to be more honest with people mm. because uh, sometimes I hold back a little bit, mm-hmm. but now I've I found value in being completely honest with somebody about how I feel. Cause I realize that people do, you know, 
it's always good to know that people actually respect your opinion. Yeah, people value honesty. And then, like, if, if they know you're coming from a decent place, that's always a good feeling also, especially with somebody who has anxiety and depression like yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. To know that it's value in what I say is all, always uh, a good thing to know. Yeah. So uh, I am going st- to... I've already started being more honest with people. So, and it, it helps. It really does, because then you get to kind of... It just lightens you up. Like, you don't feel like you have anything that you're harboring. You know what I'm saying? You don't You don't feel like you cheated somebody out of anything because you weren't completely honest with them. So, yeah. It's always... Um, I've been that way, though, for most of my life. <laughs> I'm trying to get like him. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a straightforward person. I wouldn't say most of my life. I would say most of my 20s. I... I've second guessed myself at every point of my life since I was a child. <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> it took me 30 years, but I'm finally growing out of it. <laughs> um, what's your favorite New Year so far? Probably this one. Honestly. Yeah. I just felt like I felt good that I wasn't in the fucking club all night. I felt good that I didn't go out and blow a bunch of money for no reason. Like I didn't have to go shop for no outfit. I didn't buy a a whole bunch of drinks at the fucking bar. Like I think they're just, it's just an age thing. Like we, we bought our drinks and mixed them at Casey's house and, Shit, that was all we needed. We were all, like I said, pretty lit at the end of the night. We got, we did what we what we came to do without having to drop fifty, sixty dollars at the bar. Did y'all have to pay to get in? No, we just went to Miller's. Like we were um contemplating if we were gonna go to Foo Bar since they had re you know, done everything. Mm-hmm. Um but they were charging twenty to get in and I was just like mm. Not gonna be able to do it. Uh, right. Like I was like, I don't know if I want to pay twenty dollars to get in the fucking food. I ain't bar. trying to turn up, turn up. <laughs> it ain't gonna be nothing but eighteen year olds in there anyway. Like, I'm all right. My my favorite New Year's I can't talk about that much, but I will share this excerpt from it. <clears throat> because the statute of limitations is still open. <laughs> um this is uh I did a time whatever on facebook and it came up oh yeah i saw that so i can't believe i made one of my friends into a puppet in which they responded by holding a huge cross up to to us to keep the evil away so that was uh <laughs> new year's of 2010 so we had got we had a party at chance's house and of course everybody got shit faced so some people had left. It was like three or four in the morning. And so we were still up this party. And it was me, Colton, Chance, and somebody else. So we were just up just doing crazy shit. Like still just drinking and going all the way in. <laughs> and so Cody had fell asleep in that back room at Chance's house. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, anybody that knows. Chance used to keep his like dress clothes in that uh, room, 
So he had a tie rack that spun around with all his ties on it. Uh-huh. So we started getting the ties out and we started putting them on Cody's arms and, and hands. And we made Cody a puppy. <laughs> oh my God. So <laughs> Cody's just knocked out. And so <laughs> like we were just having full conversations and we're recording all of this. I hope to God that video doesn't exist. Because, like, Cody's just, <laughs> Cody's completely passed out. Y'all are some wild motherfuckers. And so, <laughs> like, we're <laughs> we're making his arms, like, move and stuff. He's like, how you doing, Cody? I'm fine. How are you? Like, just doing the voice. <laughs> Cody wakes up in the middle of it, dying fucking laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's, like, he's just yelling, stop, stop. And he tries to run. And as soon as he starts to run, Colton pulls the ones on his legs and Cody just busts his ass. Oh my God. And so somehow he gets into the bathroom and Chance used to keep this big cross in the bathroom. So he's just holding up the cross, <laughs> waving it at us. Fun times. Can't tell you anything else about that night. It was that crazy. is such a bro night. And then of course the infamous uh, Hawaiian shirt party. Yeah. That's one of my, one of my tops. Cause that shit was crazy. Yes, it was. New Year's is crazy. <laughs> um, some people just can't handle shabooms. <laughs> <laughs> shabooms. Um, but yeah, this New Year's I didn't do anything at all. I just like matter of fact, I went to sleep before twelve o'clock. Yeah, that's I'm, what's up. I'm thirty and washed as fuck. My fucking uh. Sinuses started draining on New Year's Eve, which was the worst because <laughs> we um we left to go out of town for the funeral the day after New Year's. And I just kept thinking to myself, I was like, man, I just hope I don't get sick because this is just normally the time of the year that I get sick. Like my sinuses drain bad like twice a year. And this is one of those times. And I was just like, oh, I've been good for so long. Who I hope I don't get sick. Literally New Year's Eve, like I was at work and I was like, something feels weird. Like, my throat started itching, and I was like, what's going on? Like, I hope this ain't strep. No, this ain't strep. This ain't strep. And then I went to sleep, woke up the next day. Going to sleep sick is the worst thing that you can do. Like, without taking anything. Because when you sleep, like, your body just has time to, like, build all the fucking virus and everything just kind of festers. It's like, gotcha, bitch. (laughs) So I woke up on New Year's Day, like, Oh my God, I'm sick as a dog. I cannot (laughs) believe this happened. So I had to go down to the funeral. Mind you, like, Jackson, Alabama is country, country. Like, nothing is paved. It's dirt roads. (laughs) And not just dirt roads, but this is Alabama red clay dirt. So it's just a muddy situation down there because it had been raining and then my fucking period started, and I was like, I'm over everything. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> the worst New Year ever. But. Made it through. Yeah. Never would have made it. <laughs> yeah. Um, where, what county is Jackson? Alabama. Um, Clark. Oh, yeah. Way down there. Park County. It's actually 
So the town that they live in is called Barlow Bend, Alabama. But Boy, it's, that's country. Ain't it? <laughs> but it's it's the Gainstown area, but the city is Jackson. If that makes sense for anybody who might know what the fuck I'm talking about, which nobody ever does. <laughs> but that's the GPS will not carry your ass down there. Like that's how country it is. That's how where my my family's from. Port Gibson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Just in the middle of nowhere, this pops up. If y'all don't know nothing about the country, country. Yeah. Honey. <laughs> um, I mean, besides the circumstances, was it at least cool to see your, your cousins and your peoples? It was. It was. That's another thing, too, like seeing my cousins. So the main cousins that I grew up with, they all have like families and shit. And I was just like, hmm. I think I might be like <laughs> leaning towards finally wanting a family. Like for the longest, I'm just like, oh, I'm not ready for kids, but just like seeing all them have their kids and their families. I was like, man, yeah, a I'm, family would be nice. I'm ready to uh, start to settle down as well. Yeah. And since I quit having a crush on you, <clears throat> I have to look elsewhere <laughs> for that person. So, uh, yeah, I'm putting that into the universe. Because um, I think, I, I feel like I'm like 80% ready. Man, I almost said something, but we that person's canceled. <laughs> I, is that going to be our segue or what? Uh, wait a second. Or were you thinking about another person? No, I was, I was going to start singing one of their most famous songs. But I'm not going to do that. So, um, I was talking to my sister last night. She's on a business trip. And so we started talking about this whole, uh, Robert Sylvester Kelly situation. Um, Did she watch the thing? She watched them, yeah. All of them? Yeah. Whew. She was... Usually she's more like a conservative on some stuff. Like she didn't really... She was questionable about the Bill Cosby thing. Like a lot of our family members are. <laughs> but uh, she was just appalled the fact that R. Kelly is still out here doing it. Like, clearly. I think that's the other thing. Like, we know for sure he's still out here doing stuff. The fact that he's just still out here. Period. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, like, me and her were talking, and I was like, if you think about it, the rumors about Aaliyah and stuff were around when I was like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Like it was an established thing that everybody knew that they were married, but nobody seemed to be disgusted by that. And then when AJ nothing but a number. Oh, I can never listen to that song. It's, it's so many songs I can never listen to again. Like that are jams. <laughs> what was crazy though, and watching the because, like I said, I only seen the, seen the first two, but. What's just so crazy to me about the whole thing is that there were just so many 
There were so many adults who enabled and just saw all this questionable shit, but never actually questioned it. Like, it's just weird for all of them to be speaking now in hindsight about how they thought it was weird. But you know what? Like, this is the part that I've been thinking about lately. We all know creepy men and predators and people like that. Mm-hmm. We all know the people that when we used to have high school parties, they used to just show up and they had graduated before any of us were in high school. And they would be talking not to the older girls, the girls that are almost uh, graduated, the 18 year olds. They were talking to the 13 and 14 year olds at the party. Mm-hmm. We we know the coaches that had the wandering eye or that were just straight up fucking students like coach rape i mean coach ray uh <laughs> came oh up with that when we were in high school oh my god he started calling coach rape i don't remember coach ray what does he look like was he the one with the blonde looking hair that was like he was younger and he was he was like built coach ray coach ray coach ray he left after our 10th grade year because he was fucking student I mean, <laughs> he wasn't bald, was he? he? He was going bald. Okay, okay. I'm starting to remember. Yeah, that happens so much in high school situations, though. That, that who? My God. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, that's his daughter that he had with a student. Which student? After he left uh, Buckhorn, he went to Clement, uh, and then he got fired from there for impregnating the student. Mm. So we know pred- uh, predators, and for one in three women to have been sexually assaulted or abused. Let's just know there's a lot more R. Kelly's out here. Oh, yeah. But back to the, like, the R. Kelly thing is so weird because, I don't know. When, I see a lot of people trying to do, I could separate art from the artist. That works, like, if it's, like, I'm going to use Kanye because I don't, I don't think Kanye has raped or killed anybody, <laughs> but I can separate art from artists in that sense of his past stuff because that memory's attached to it. And mm. I just <laughs> think he's crazy. I don't think he's a predator. But see, that's, that's, there's a difference in separating art from an artist who is just bipolar and art from an artist who is a serial rapist. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's a completely different thing. That like, makes music about seducing people. Therefore, I cannot separate him singing, my mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. I mean, literally. And not talk about uh, Leah. His catalog is 85% sex music. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. You remind me of my Jeep. Man, it's gonna be a lot of hits though. I can't I I I'm willing to part with it, but it is crazy to 
just the everybody level. was upset about twelve play. Bro, twelve play is canceled. It's all canceled. But. Yeah, but <laughs> like twelve play is like you know a couple weeks ago when we talked about the memories. <laughs> that is a whole twenty years of, of children being yeah. made from that. My friend was like, I lost my virginity to 12 play. I was like, like oh. Everybody did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm triggered. <laughs> Literally. Yo. Um, it's. And I. Like, I was a huge R. Kelly fan too. I once signed a petition on change.org to change the national anthem to the Ignition remix. <laughs> oh, my God. And I stood by it. I was like, yes, I'm going to sign this one. I think it was like 100,000 people signed it, too. The amount of crazy-ass petitions there are in the world. Never ceases to amaze me. But, um, let's, all right, we know all the allegations and stuff. And I kind of don't want to trigger people by going into details with some of them. So... Let's talk about the things we can talk about. You trash ass niggas defending them. And hmm. niggas. Uh, <laughs> True. Because there are tons of trash people. It's too many of y'all. And for black women to be defending them, I understand the basis of where it comes from because they always are protective of us as men. But this ain't the one, bro. What's crazy about all of this is like orchestrating this this docu series, where you're you're bringing people in to tell the truth about this dirty ass man, but the very beginning the the preface is like that he denies all the claims and allegations, and I'm just like, well, I mean, what was he supposed to be like? Yeah, I did. But, I cried two tears in a bucket. It, but was that is it necessary? And then two, it's also kind of like a slap in the face for these people to be telling their stories, and you're gonna preface the whole thing with. I think they have to do that for legal reasons. Probably, but that that just really blew my mind. I was like, man, you really think that there are this many accounts of the same story? <laughs> I think I think they have to do that. Because he hasn't been to court yet. Right. In the eyes of the law, he's technically innocent. <sighs> it's just... What like what is it that would get him convicted? Because there's, there's tapes. I mean, the fact that there is a tape of him peeing on a 14-year-old girl and he went to trial and was not... Uh, was found not guilty. I don't think... It's, I don't know if it's anything that that nigga convicted. Unless they, it's new victims now that come forward and they lock his ass away. But isn't there like another tape, another sex tape with him and like minors? Didn't he record most, a lot of the... Yeah, he recorded most. He's a freak, man. Of course he records everything. Like, it's got to be other tapes. I have seen some crazy tweets. Oh man, I've seen so many crazy <clears throat> tweets. Like, 
and I saved a whole bunch of them. I want to see if I screenshot it. I always bookmark all my craziness. That way, I'm not retweeting it. But I, it's an easy reference. <laughs> True. So shout out to Twitter for creating the Twitter bookmark. Ooh. Centonia uh, Brown was granted clemency. Look at God. But back to this tragic news that we talk about. <laughs> this dirty nigga. Let me see. I'm still trying to figure out this phone, man. This iPhone life is weird. Okay. Uh, let's just uh, start with some of the trash opinions. Wait, no. Let's just start with some of the people calling out other trash opinions. Can't you go to... Yeah, let me go to my likes. <laughs> Somebody brought up the good point that this R. Kelly shit brought out all a, a lot of y'all's messed up mind states and opinions. Mm-hmm. Bro, it's like some of the trash... Like, but this is this is my favorite call out because this is a good point that I think we can discuss. This one girl, she said, I feel like the niggas who post, but y'all was fucking grown men really harbor some resentment over this. Like y'all must have liked your classmate and she was dealing with a grown man instead of you. That is the one what that I was it? looking for. And then the other girl said exactly what it is. Niggas are resentful, so they're using the fact a grown man preyed on these girls as a means of taunting them yeah. because they were rejected. Like That is so true. For a lot of these trash ass niggas is defending him right now. Like, and let me pull it up because I retweeted the that statement with niggas doing exactly that. So let me try to find it. Oh, that's what it was. I did it on the suburban one. Sometimes when I wake up in my soapbox, I oh, that shit go in. <laughs> okay, so the ladies just said that. And then I was looking at something else. And they had started talking about, you know, the whole Drake thing, which... But yeah, this one trash ass dude was like majority of these women chiming in the most of in the most if the comments ignorant ass nigga had their first kid fifteen to seventeen by a dude in their twenties. Yep, and dated one of these grown men while in high school while never giving dudes their own age the time of day. Mm. He that nigga just told on himself. Yep. Like, bro, I I was a lame nick. So, <laughs> I'm telling you this. It's not their fault that they didn't like you. It was your fault. <laughs> or maybe you just weren't around girls that liked lame niggas. That's all it is. I I am not mad about any girl from when I was a teenager. When, right. Like, bro, you got to let that hurt go. That and, is. And you definitely can't be out here laughing at Women who were preyed on. These victims. Yeah. They were fucking kids too, man. Like, they didn't understand what the fuck was going on. And for you to be like, ha, these bitches got what they deserve. 
Yeah, like I, I've been tired of seeing the oh well. Let's talk about these fast ass girls though, and I'm just like, that's another thing. That's another layer of this shit. Any of these yes. girls probably were traumatized earlier on in their lives to yes. get to the point that they're at now. They probably had the same trauma because his brothers admitted in the documentary that they were molested, molested by their older sister. But yeah, they were molested when they were younger. And R. Kelly was molested multiple times by multiple people. Like I believe one of his neighbors used to make him take Polaroids of them having sex. Ugh. Like I'm not defending R. Kelly, but he was a victim at one time mm-hmm. and grew up and became a predator. Right, because the only the only way that you can flip being a victim into having power is using the same vice right that made you a victim when when you are a person who has not had therapy right now on the fast held girl thing if you're not black you may not have ever heard that term but if you're black you've heard that from every older person your mm-hmm. whole life about some other child mm-hmm. who is saying that that child is being promiscuous or something mm-hmm. and if you are the victim of some kind of trauma, we'll say you may have heard that about yourself Mm -hmm. and what we need to stop doing in our community is saying that, especially to victims saying that they're the reason why they were abused. No, Mm -hmm. they were not. Mm -mm. It was the grown up or the adult or the older child or whoever did something to these kids boys and girls it is not their fault children children just don't become sexual or sexually active early without out of nowhere without some other kind of exposure to sex or any kind of sexual act like when i heard that there was girls in middle school having sex i thought that was fucking crazy because here i am in middle school maybe two, three years deep into going through puberty. And I'm still thinking that like, I'm weird as hell. Right. Um, so to think that like a 13 year old or younger could be interested in initiating anything sexual is just like telling of what, what they've gone through. Right. And the other thing, the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand about predators is they know who to prey on. Yeah. So a lot of times when somebody is uh, accused of doing something, they'll be like, well, I, I was there all the time and they never did nothing to me. They might not have done nothing to me because they might have known that you would tell. Mm-hmm. They choose their victims, not at random, <clears throat> but there is a level of grooming and things that go into the cycle of abuse that makes a predator. Because that's another thing about being of a certain age is you're very easily impressionable. Right. So they know that, especially, especially if you're an adult, they know that they can get you to do things and they won't confront you about it because they're not adults. They don't know right from wrong yet for real, not for real. (laughs) Right. Like, and another thing, um, Another part of this conversation conversation that I think we could talk about is 
how a lot of y'all trash ass niggas, if R. Kelly was out here raping little boys, y'all would be up in arms. This is also very true. Because when the whole Chris Stokes stuff came back up, which I was waiting for people to bring that back up, the fact that he allegedly molested Ras B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the members of Immature. Mm-hmm. Um, people were, well, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about that? And we got to stop doing that whataboutism. Like, with every fucking thing. Yeah. Like, just because you weren't hip to something don't mean that the rest of us weren't hip to it. Yeah. So, so all y'all trash motherfuckers talking about, like, why aren't we talking about Harvey Weinstein? Why aren't we talking about... uh? All these other white uh, people that we were talking about when the Me Too movement first started and we were trashing these dudes. Yeah, like, Just because y'all niggas sat on the sideline and didn't say nothing doesn't mean the rest of us were doing the same thing. Just to, if you want to engage in what we're talking about, then engage. If you don't, then don't. Don't start turning, in, turning this into something else because clearly it's a big deal because there's so much discussion that's going on about it. Clearly, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for a reason. Right. So don't try to turn it into something else or deflect from it or tell us that we need to focus on. Like, I've seen so many posts that are just like, y'all worried about R. Kelly. You need to be worried about the, the government because y'all might not be getting y'all taxes back this year and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like. Like that shit uh, takes, the pl- takes president over children being molested. Or like these things have anything to do with one another. <laughs> like, this, like, y'all niggas is dumb, bro. Like, and it's part of education, but on the other part of it, y'all got to get out here and do some fucking knowledge. Don't just fucking look up a YouTube fucking shit and think that you know everything and you know everything about all institutions and add your two cents to it. Your opinion is free, but shut the fuck up on some of this shit. Yeah. Even somebody I know was just like, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going to flame him because, you know. There's also like people's pastors and uncles and blah 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 blah, and I'm just like, we need to attack them all equally. Like, like it's just that that one dumb bitch that I fucking retweet, and I call her a dumb bitch because she's a dumb bitch. Because <laughs> she was saying, uh, why are we talking about R. Kelly? Well, we should be talking about all these other uh, people, and uh, like pretty much the same shit you were saying. And she was like, I'm here for all victims. Bitch, you just didn't. No, you're not. <laughs> if you were, then you wouldn't be trying you wouldn't to. Wouldn't be defending a fucking predator. We do talk about these other situations, but yes. y'all don't be listening to people. They don't care. That's the other part of it. Like, as fucked up as it is, if you don't care, just shut the fuck up and just sit back, like you've been doing on all this other shit. Now, now when we come for one of your faves, that's when you want to get mad. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> don't tell me some shit about you care about all victims when you defending a fucking child molester. Thank you. Or if you're streaming a child molester's music, putting money into his pocket. Yep. Miss me with that bullshit. Yep. I think the most disturbing thing, though, out of all this is um, when his ex-wife, Andrea, or Drea, um, Drea Kelly, when she gave her testimony, like... And another thing a lot of people were talking about with her is like, why does she still hold on to his last name? People grasp for fucking straws and just, they think they're making a, like a profound point. Like, what the fuck? That shit doesn't fucking matter. 
she still was a victim of this bullshit. Right. Um, and at the same time. And too, she even said, like, she's not willing to talk about some things because they're just too dark. So she just might not be ready to even go through the whole process right. of having to. I'm sure he had her involved with a lot of shit that she cannot talk about and she feels terrible about. We have to let victims grieve at their own. I'm um, not grieve, but process, I guess. It's the best way to say it at their own uh, pace. Yeah. And plus she has kids with them. She has kids with them. Like that's even worse. That's a different, that's a level. whole nother layer of, of, cause she can't just cut them out. Like, I mean, she, she could, but it's not like her kids are old enough now to where they know who their dad is. So, you know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? But there was one segment in there where Sparkle was talking about like when she was first starting out and whatever, and he was working with her and she was um, at their house and they were hanging out and she was just sitting on his couch and she heard like a knock on the door and R. Kelly just kind of just sat there. He didn't really do anything. He didn't move. He didn't flinch. And she thought it was weird. And then she heard the knock get louder. And he finally acknowledged it. He was just like, yeah. And it was Drea in the room. And she knocked on the door and opened it up and just asked if she could come into the kitchen and make something to eat. And I was like, that is crazy. And that's probably like the most tame of the the stories. Yeah. Because what? Like you're you're not only like you're not only being a predator to these young girls, but you're like super mind fucking and like controlling almost every single woman that comes into your life that you have a sexual relationship with. Like you are fully dominant over these women, their bodies their minds like you are tearing them down so that they don't have any confidence outside of you that's some fucked up shit yeah that's some narcissist shit yeah but for 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 her to be your wife at the time and you have her locked up in a room so you can still continue to do what the fuck you want to do with these other girls and i remember when uh I guess she was on Love and Hip Hop or something. And they were like, I didn't even know R. Kelly was married. None of us did. But that's also because oh, yeah. he wouldn't let. She was on a show. I forgot what it was. It wasn't Love and Hip Hop. It was um, It was one of the wives. Yeah. Like the Basketball Wives or Real Housewives or some, one of those shows. Yeah. Um, Yeah, she was on there. Because I remember when it happened, I was surprised. I was like, R. Kelly was married. Yeah, me but, too. But apparently R. Kelly wouldn't let people talk to any of his women let me see like, what uh, he couldn't look women and they couldn't look men in the eyes they couldn't yeah. talk to any man on the way there if they did he wanted to know who they were and all this other shit man the man is a piece of shit man like, um what show vh1 hollywood exes that's what it was that's what it was yeah but <sighs> whew, shit got deep Mm-hmm. Um. One second. But yeah, Arco is a piece of shit. We're just close this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that nigga. <laughs>
Okay. Um the other thing last week, um, when I had asked for questions, Cody had sent us a very good question. And I kinda tried to talk about it with Spy Guy, but it didn't go anywhere for real. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll just ask Kim when she gets back. Because it actually like you'll see in a second, it actually worked out for the best that we didn't answer it then. Okay, so this is from Mr. Cody Flocka Flame. <laughs> uh, as a fellow member of a minority group, do you ever encounter racism or prejudice from members of other minorities? If so, is there a specific group? And do you think it's different in different areas of the country slash world? Let me see the question again. That's a deep one. Of a minority group, you ever encounter racism from members? Um, yeah. <laughs> New Year's resolution. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah. There's classism. I think within every race, for one. But we talked about it before, like the the colorism thing. Um, I think colorism and classism are two big things in the black community that um, is is what breeds the interracial strife. Yes, because I know there are you know blacks of a certain uh, class that are very judgmental. Oh my bad. Blacks of a certain class who are very judgmental of blacks of a class under them. Mm-hmm. Um especially if they have moved out of that class. Yeah. Like, economically speaking. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like if they can make it, you're not doing enough for yourself right. if you haven't made it with them. That's where we meet black conservatives. Who, yeah. Um, but then the, the colorism thing, I feel like there, and I don't, I don't know if colorism affects women more than it does men. I, I feel like it probably affects them both equally, but I can't say for sure. But the colorism thing for sure, um, there are men and women who will only date lighter skin black people if they're a certain color I like I especially notice this from darker skinned people too because the, their excuse is always like well I don't want my babies to be too dark right and number one I'm, that would that's dumb to me because it's just like you're black so honestly you can't really your babies can come out any color you, right you, you don't know we're actually mixed <laughs> what you don't know what color your baby is going to come out Right. Like there is a 50-50 chance that the, the baby could be super light or super dark. Like that's one thing that uh somebody has said, why do uh, on all black family shows, why is there always one mixed looking kid like trying to get at it from a colorist standpoint? But I was like, I mean, 
in every black family, there's always at least one really light skinned kid. Mm-hmm. That's reality. That's just, yeah. Because we're all mixed. <laughs> we all have white in us. And sometimes our genes come out. Because we just have so, there's so many different phenotypes for African American people. People don't understand the biology of it. But, um, all right, as far as within our group, that's one of the issues now. Outside of our ethnicity, do you ever have, uh, is there one group of people that you think is is very discriminative in another minority group? Um, I feel like, I feel like African Americans are discriminated against by all other Africans. That's yeah, that's very true. <laughs> uh, Jamaicans, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they look down on us because, because of our culture. Yeah. Um, because we don't have the true African rooted cultural practices that they do. But at the same time, they neither do they do they. That's the secret that they really don't say that their uh, customs don't all date back to <laughs> thousands of years. Right. Because they had to face colonization. The colon- yeah. We, we've all been colonized. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, how, how pure is any of it anymore? Really? Right. But yeah, I feel like a lot of, of foreign Africans, I guess I could, I could say look down on African Americans. Yeah. Um, one, <clears throat> one thing I thought about when Cody asked that was, well, later when the whole Kevin Hart thing came up with, which one, <laughs> <laughs> the most recent one when he was on Ellen and he was talking about, uh, you didn't see it. Uh, uh-uh. he, he was, was on Ellen the other day. Uh, uh-uh. uh, speaking of Ellen, her damn stand up was hilarious. Also, Somebody made a good point. Ellen ages very well. Ellen is looking good. She is a 60-year-old white woman looking. But we talked about this. It's because Ellen got her head on straight. (laughs) Now, um, Kevin Hart was on Ellen, and she was letting him talk or whatever. But he didn't fully walk back everything. And at the end, she said she forgave him and everything. And so a lot of uh, gay people, especially members black members of the LGBTQ community were like, you don't speak for all of us. They're like, I know you're a trailblazer and everything, but you don't speak for our community, especially Mm -hmm. the black members of the LGBTQ community. And one guy, let me pull it up. Because one guy made the point perfectly, especially Don Lemon made a good point too. But it was this one guy who, but he did the due diligence on it and made it to where me as a cisgendered male could understand the frustration. A cisgendered straight male could understand the frustration and take it down. But this is the guy.
Okay, like it's some things I disagree with him because I mean, not to say that Ellen wasn't harmed by it. Yeah, I felt like kind that of a was reach, dismissive, but more so the aspect of it that I did agree with him on was Kevin Hart. All right, for the stand up especially, we'll we'll go with the stand up where he said the thing that he would break if he saw his son. When you uh, see a kid, you gotta stop it, nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. Those are things that in our community you grow up dealing with as a man. Mm-hmm. You hear, like you're afraid to do certain stuff because you're afraid that people would think you're gay. Mm-hmm. And so, wow, I never really thought about it. <laughs> I never really thought about like. The mind fuck it is. It is a mind fuck. The mind fuck it is to think that. To first off know that being gay can get you killed, but then at the same time not realizing that by you persecuting other gay people, you're doing. Like you know what I'm saying. The same thing, right? That yeah, the duality of knowing what gay people actually experience and then dismissing it at the same time when Mm -hmm. it's brought to you. But, um, damn, what was I saying? (laughs) You were saying that, um, you thought, uh, you thought it was a reach for him to say that Ellen wasn't uh, affected by his statements. And I'm just like, well, Ellen is in a part of the LGBT Q community no. like she might have been a f- you can't tell somebody what what does affect them by. you know what i'm and saying like plus, ellen has talked about some of the things she had to experience yeah just being a woman and then also being a gay woman yeah she talked about that actually on in um part of her stand-up yeah um yeah i did i watched her stand-up too but um 
the part that I do kind of agree on is there is there does seem to be kind of a uh, a schism between uh, people of color in the LGBTQ community and white members of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. I am not a member of that community, so I won't <laughs> go to get too in detail with it because that's not my experience. But on, from the outside, I've, I've talked to black people in that community and they've talked about how, um, like on Grinder, for instance, a lot of people have very uh, anti-black statements on Grinder, mm-hmm. saying that they don't like black people. If you're not white, don't respond, stuff like that. And um, just the co-opting of black LGBTQ culture by white people is another thing that they have talked about. But um, the black community, one of our things that we have to deal with is the toxic masculinity and just hatred towards the LGBTQ community. And specifically how it manifests in that community, in our community. Yeah. And that's what Kevin Hart has to do his due diligence on. Mm -hmm. Like, and plus, I I really haven't seen any of his apologies. Me neither. And we should have seen one. Everybody keeps saying that he apologized, but I didn't see a detailed apology at all. Me either. There was no... Hey, I understand what I said was wrong and this is why. Like it was Right. And he's gonna have to do that. And it's not gonna stop until he does that. And everybody keeps saying he's already apologized. No, you have to have a full apology and acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge an apology doesn't mean shit if it's just if it's empty. Yeah. Like if I hurt you, explain like in your apology explain why you know you hurt me it's mm-hmm. not just well i guess i'm fucking sorry tell that's me the easy, like in a personal conflict that's the easiest way to get your ass fucked up right like tell me that you understand why i'm hurt otherwise you're not sorry no matter right. what words are coming out of your mouth if you don't understand why i'm feeling the way that i feel behind what you said then your apology don't mean shit right it's not an apology it's just words and also this is part of the thing that I don't think people are realizing about this Kevin Hart thing, because people are making it seem like this, like people are trying to tear him apart for this. And I think this is part of it. People are tired of Kevin Hart in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that manifest with all of this is why it seems like it's a bigger thing. I feel like he's gotten so big that he's, he's kind of getting to this, like I'm invincible kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he can do whatever outrageous thing he wants to do and We're it'll just blow over. It. He's, he's still got money. He's still going to be able to get these jobs. He's still, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's what, what status he's reaching or that he's reached already. And then plus people have been saying for years, I don't think Kevin Hart's funny. Yeah, Black people. True. And the same way that people treat like Tiffany Haddish, they've been doing that with Kevin Hart. Like he's not really funny. He's just doing that for white people. That's coupled into this. Yeah. And it's a lot of the same niggas that are trying to act like, no, Kevin Hart shouldn't apologize. They've been saying that he ain't funny all these years. 
another thing like stemming off of all this kind of going in a different direction but not really we gotta be like way more um not necessarily careful but i'm sick of all this like oh this is just another way for us to attack a black man yeah when it comes to stuff like this like we gotta be a little bit more woke when it comes to, to this kind of shit like just understand the difference between right and fucking wrong like that's all this is coming down to it ain't got nothing to do with us trying to bring a black man down and this that and the third like that's not always the fucking case right (laughs) sometimes niggas is just trash and people were saying that about r kelly like y'all just trying and i'm just like are you fucking kidding me and if if so then this is just the black man that we have to bring down because this particular black man just ain't shit (laughs) bro and it's tons of other artists that you can listen to there's tons of decent black people you can listen to. Tons. It's tons of people you can ride for. Do not ride for this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> just stop riding for the trash ones. That's it. Like, yo, just like just keep it a buck. <laughs> like, is this the dude you is this the hill you want to die on, my G? <laughs> right. Like like 20, 30 years from now, you can tell your kids or your grandkids, yeah, when that R. Kelly shit popped off, I was defending that nigga. Is that what you want to say? For what? Why? For what? Why? How sway? Like, what is that doing for y'all? <laughs> that's that's the real mindfuck. To let us know that you just not finna get on the bandwagon, quote unquote, of dismissing or canceling mm-hmm. R. Kelly. Just come out just be like, I'm a trash ass nigga. <laughs> that's what you are? Hey. <laughs> Period. That's... Uh, that's all you're doing. All you're doing is not, you're not looking pro black. You're looking pro dumb. Pro coon. Pro dumb as fuck. Like, that. just the, the righteous indignation and you being completely wrong on a topic. And then when somebody goes against it, oh no, you just attack me because you, man, fuck, there ain't no conspiracy theory on this shit. The nigga did it. <laughs> Period. And also, Kevin Hart is just fucking up. He needs to just take a break, chill out, and let it go. Take care of his family yeah. and do him. Why can't he do like most people do? Like, I'm taking time out to take care of my family. Just He need a PR person. That's what he need. He need a nigga to keep it real with him. And I like Kevin Hart. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying this nigga's fucking up. Yeah. And all these people who are acting like, no, I'm still going to stand by him. When it all falls down, they won't be there. Nope. Then they're going to be looking stupid as hell. Nothing to say. Not a peep from him. Why you acting all dumb like Eda? Keep (laughs) that same energy, motherfucker. We see y'all. Out here being big and bold and stupid. What do you think about the Drake thing? What is Drake doing? Oh, you didn't see the video? No. Uh Uh-uh. I hope it's nothing on no R. Kelly level. (sighs) Oh, God. see this because i've been in my I own mean, oh yeah. 
True. In my own shit. <laughs> I don't know if it. Uh, I don't know if I really want to show you this. Just look it up on your own time. Oh God. I mean, it's. <sighs> I'm nervous. That girl, seventeen years old. Is he undressing her? Is he about to undress her? Oh, is he kissing her? Is he yes. licking her? Yes. Why you wait till after the fact? Yeah. Why are you blaming her? Get her off the stage already. What the fuck are you doing? Man, I wish I could record her face right now. <laughs> oh my god. If you know you're getting ready to do some shit like that on stage, you need to be getting these ages before What in the fuck? And that was I want to I'm not sure when it was from. But yeah. He was he was 23 at the time, so this was probably 8 years ago. A long time ago, but still. 23 and 17. Why didn't anybody say anything about this before now? I don't know. Now, that is to go along with those conspiracy theory ass niggas. They'd be like, why is everybody bringing it up now? It is kind of weird. I will give them that. That's what I do be wondering is like, how do we have these things on tape and no one says anything until like some other shit starts popping off? It's just like the, uh, we talked about the last episode, me and Spa, about the, uh, what's his name? About the Chris Rock video with Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Saying the N-word and stuff. Mm-hmm. I saw that video seven years ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of us did. Why is it that this didn't come up? Until. Yeah. Now, one other thing that I'm finally discovering is how old I am. Because there's a genera- a whole generation underneath us. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have the same experiences as us. True. So, like, when the Chris Stokes thing came out, and people were amazed at the fact of we knew about all this stuff. Yeah. And then people start bringing up uh, the song Looking Boy. When he was like, no, Chris, no, Chris, no. Oh, uh, Raz B looking boy. Like, yeah. That song definitely came out when we were in college. Yeah, it did. And we all knew what he was talking about. What's fun? What not funny? But what's crazy about some of these things, like that whole thing, like it was big for a while, and it, it, it also died down really fast. It did. I think it's because 
their relevance wasn't as yeah like Omarion kind of fell off yeah now you know what I did forget BGK and Omarion had some hits out here yeah they did I completely forgot about that shit yeah they did like uh that uh bump 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 <laughs> that first Omarion CD also went hard as fuck too yeah cause he had touch and oh we went hard for them niggas <laughs> for I forgot a long about time that. Cause I hated on the niggas. I think it's cause I was a teenage boy and every girl I liked was in love with BTK. So I was like, fuck them niggas. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, I remember Alexis being obsessed with Raz B. <laughs> Raz B was the one that everybody liked. And we used to get them damn like teen magazines that had them on the cover. I was mm-hmm. like, man, that's why this damn reunion tour is going to do so well. Man. Which it's, I still can't believe is an actual thing. I know. The B2K reunion. Not that it's a bad idea, but who came up with this shit? The real question going forward is, is Chris Stokes getting money off of this? We will see. Why would he, though? He was the manager and stuff. Was. Yeah, but, but he not. put the group together. They were on his label. But not anymore. But he still got to get paid off them songs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess royalties. So that's going to be an interesting thing going forward. Um, but, yeah, I've been noticed, like, with the R. Kelly thing and then the Chris Stokes thing, like, I've been noticing that it's a whole generation of kids that don't remember any of this. So it's new to them, and that's why some of this stuff is blowing up now after all these years Mm -hmm. because it's fresh eyes on it fresh eyes from a different perspective like we grew up in a trash ass era (laughs) these kids are growing up in an era of wokeness wokeness where everybody can point out the shit that's wrong and why and break everything down and that's why i think that these kids actually may be the ones to save us all i'm hopeful let's hope that these kids may have the answers to some of the things that our generation, our parents' generations, our great-grandparents are back and back back. Let's hope. Because, <laughs> shit, we need some help fast. So, thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Curvy Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend, Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday.